Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. I hear from people who say it was their dream to give up everything and travel. Yeah. I never had that dream. <laughs> but it's happened. Yeah. So um, that's my story. The podcast, it's called Business Class. It's about the business of tourism. Mm-hmm. There are interesting jobs, interesting people, interesting places. Um, one of the things most people talk about when they travel is the people that they meet. But there's very little media about the people. Mm-hmm. So you are one of those people that I have been referred to. And I'm curious to hear your story. Thank you. So do you want to introduce yourself? Matthias Schmidt. I grew up in Germany. Uh, I came to the States 25 years ago, 26 years ago to go to graduate school, get my MBA in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Was in finance for 10 years. Lived in New York City and after another panic attack at work, I decided my body is trying to tell me something and I should better listen. And uh, when I grew up in Germany, I was in an engineering school and physics, math, and so on. And I wanted to study physics because I was really good at physics. And uh, enrolled in university and was lacking the social skills to survive in the university environment. And uh, after uh, one semester, left university and natural sciences and went to a business school in Germany. And then came to the States. Um, to pursue an MBA and uh, was in finance. It was up and down, you know, it's like the typical hawk cycle. Uh And uh, it was only about money, at least in that segment I worked in, in finance, in sales mostly and investment banking. And uh, then I realized there's, uh, I wasn't learning anything new and I still have hopefully a lot of life left. And uh, through a friend of mine, I um, started to produce a kid's TV show about spaceships flying through the solar system. Animated a CGI show called Space Racers, 90 episodes. Uh, I think now we're on Amazon, Amazon Prime. And uh, that's how I got back into science, natural sciences and space and astronomy. Because I never kind of the pilot light was always on and uh when i uh uh, was working for the company i was the science geek and i went to all the science museums the nasa visitor centers and was talking about the show and the science behind it because we're science factual we're not science fiction other than in an 11 minute episode we kind of take some liberty with the speed of light and how fast it takes to get to planets And uh, 2017, August 21st, I was on assignment for the total solar eclipse in Oregon. We uh, had uh, uh, some content that we produced and a uh, eclipse package with glasses and a booklet with information and activities and what to expect. And this was my first total solar eclipse. And from something happened inside of me. I was so invigorated, rejuvenated, stimulated um when i saw the moon cover the sun completely in the sky 
it was like a black hole. You could see the corona of the sun. And it was... I can relate how our ancestors were frightened when they saw this celestial event happen. They didn't know what was going on. And uh, I came back to New York. I enrolled in a Master of Science and Astronomy at Swinburne University in Australia. I became active in the Astronomy Club in New York. I started teaching at a local after-school program in Harlem, uh, astronomy. And uh, this was all of a sudden my trajectory uh, became, had received a new direction and momentum. And uh, then 2020 pandemic, um, I was inside my shoebox apartment in New York and um, um, was going inside and I asked myself one of the most fundamental questions other than where are we coming from you know what's the universe about what do you want to do with your life and uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to uh, uh, do astronomy teach astronomy uh, science physics whatever uh, uh, I think I could uh, get an occupation in profession I love teaching and I told myself, okay, I, um, if I don't try something now, I will regret this in a few years. Now is the time for me to uh, pursue a passion that has enlightened me, for lack of a better term, enlivened and enlightened me. And uh, I started applying for teaching jobs out west because skies are dark mountain biking is great i love mountain biking hiking and uh, my uh, uh, my eclipse spouse from argentina ever since i saw my first eclipse i've been traveling to see eclipses argentina uh, 2019 and uh, my eclipse spouse he's a graphic designer lives in argentina and he designed my resume for me mm -hmm. and when i saw the first draft i started crying and i thought if i can't get a job with this resume with the design, I'll never get a job. So I applied first job uh, at, at a, a charter school in Arizona as a science teacher. Monday, I sent in my interview. Uh, Monday, I sent in my uh, resume. Tuesday, they called me back. Wednesday, I had a Zoom interview. Thursday, they offered me the job as science teacher. I thought, wow, I must be doing something right. There's something about my resume that is intriguing and different. And uh, I didn't want to teach biology in high school. I wanted to focus on astronomy and physics. So I said, no, thank you. And then uh, I saw this job at a national park here in the vicinity uh, to do the night sky program. I applied and got the job and moved out to Utah, packed, sold everything I had in my apartment, packed up the rest that I needed, bought a car, drove out west. It's kind of easy from New York. Just go west, you know, I-80 or and uh, six days later, I arrived in uh, Utah, and um, I went uh, outside the first night, and I looked up, and I thought, wow, I cannot recognize any constellations. There are so many stars. So that was a wonderful experience for the first night, and I thought, okay, the universe has given me this direction, given me this opportunity. So uh, I'm very fortunate to be out here and grateful for this. So 
I met uh, Hannah and Adam, who do a tubing business in Virgin. And uh, their guests were asking, what is that to do at night? And what is that to do at night? Beautiful night sky. So they got in touch with me. And uh, last year in the fall, we uh, opened Stargazing Zion, and uh, uh, which is here in the background. You can see the field. And uh, it's been amazing. Uh, we have we offer a premium stargazing experience. Um, we do a, um, a solar system walk. Um, then we do a cosmic calendar. Where we compress the age of the universe into a calendar year, which was popularized by Carl Sagan. Then we do telescope observations and the constellation tour. And it takes about two hours. It's a great connection of our human existence to realize that we are not separate from the universe. We are the universe. We are not part of it, we are it. And uh, most of the people that live in the United States or in the modern world have never seen the Milky Way, barely see stars due to excessive light pollution. And when they come out here, it's, transformational and uh, uh, they, they experience a different type of uh, connection with nature. Zion is a beautiful national park during the day, amazing, wonderful hikes, different geology. And uh, um, at night you get to experience the night sky. And uh, this is our second season. Um, we love what we do, and we believe if we share what we love, it gets multiplied. We want people to get basic skills to become stargazers on their own. You can stargaze anywhere you are. I was able to stargaze in New York City with the local astronomy club, even though I could only see, you know, 15 to 20 stars at night, a lot more stars on Broadway. But nevertheless, with telescopes and with the astronomy clubs, you'll find places that have less light pollution. You get to experience something amazing that is just there and that we have lost connection with over the last few hundred years. And uh, um, I think it is eye-opening um, and inspiring to realize the vastness of the cosmos and that we play a part in it. You mentioned a love for teaching and also learning. How does that translate to what you do now? One of my professors said, when one is teaching, two are learning. When I teach something, I need to learn how to communicate it in a way that, for lack of a better comparison, even a six-year-old could understand it. If I cannot explain it to a six-year-old, it's too complicated. People have a higher knowledge of astronomy that they know and admit, and uh, uh, nevertheless, there is so much in our daily lives, including our language, that is based on astronomy that we just have forgotten where it comes from 
and uh, to make people aware of that they know so much more than they admit or realize, I think is a great side benefit. So I do not, this is not a job for me. This is not a profession. This is my life. Whenever I, you know, astronomy, uh, um, um, passes through me, what's the proper word, um, infuses me every day from the first more, you know, when I wake up to when I go to bed at night, excuse me, <coughs> you know, sunrises, before the sunrise, you can see the planets right now. You can see Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and Saturn with the naked eye. You didn't get anything. Um, at night, when the sun goes down, we'll get to see Mercury, we'll get to see the stars, we'll get to see constellations, deep sky objects that you only, um, you know, we'll try to bring the universe closer. The telescopes that we have are not the Hubble Space Telescope, but they're pretty good. And people go, wow, what is this? How far away is this? This is a galaxy. This is amazing. So it's a connection between the visual and the auditory. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. So I'm a teacher, but also I'm also a student. Not only am I getting my master's, but I tell people I'm a student of astronomy every day. Doesn't matter whether I, when I get my degree, which hopefully, hopefully will be the end of this year, but I will be an, a student of astronomy for the rest of my life. What would you say to somebody who in a list of all of the options and things that they can do in Zion, sees this and says, eh, that's going to be boring. It's amazing. It is exciting. It's fascinating. People leave with an appreciation of what this amazing national park has to offer and where we are. This is worth two hours at night. Two hours will can turn into a lifetime of a great hobby and appreciation. So I can hear, you know, when you are in Zion all day, you get tired, you hike. Two hours out here under the, under the stars, this is a natural planetarium. 90, 90%, depending on, you know, what numbers you believe, 90, 95% of people in the United States have never seen the Milky Way. People come here and say, I have never seen this many stars. I have never seen a meteor. Wow, this is amazing. What is this? Okay, cool. Yeah, he, he's obviously gotten into something. Come here, bro. Come here. Up. Up. Good boy. Go lay down. Go lay down. Rudy, go lay down. Lay down. Ah. He's very excited about you surrounding. So, um, what was your most recent travel experience? I went to Antarctica to see a total solar eclipse. It was last year, November, December. I was on a vessel for two weeks. I was seasick for 10 days out of those two weeks. December 4th in the morning, we got up. Clouds everywhere. The moon moved in front of the sun. The clouds went dark. The moon moved away. Clouds went white. It was the longest, cloudiest solar, total solar eclipse I've ever experienced. And I saw a million penguins to make up for it. 
<laughs> it was fantastic. I miss traveling internationally. The one wonderful people I've met. Um, I went with my best friend in Argentina. Um, Patagonia was amazing. South Georgia islands were amazing. Anywhere we landed, we saw amazing wildlife and nature. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to go uh, to... That's what travel is for me, to learn something new about our amazing planet, but also about myself. What did you learn about yourself on that particular trip? I don't do well on vessels with, uh, in the uh, Drake Passage. Okay. But it, it, I, after like halfway through the trip, I got the cabin fever. I couldn't see any more water. Days on end. And, uh, and I also miss the human interaction. You know, because for two years, little new faces, new cultures, new languages, and uh, new uh, landscapes. Everything about the trip to Antarctica was amazingly stimulating for me. And Patagonia was also another part of our planet that I always wanted to experience. And is no comparison. What is something that you want to do but haven't done yet? I have never been to Australia. Okay. I, uh, I, uh, total solar eclipse, April 20th, 2023. I'm planning on going there okay. and then go to see my university for my graduation. Okay. So I've never been to Tibet, the Himalaya. I have been studying Buddhism for 10 years. So I want to see the, uh, the spiritual birthplace in Northern India where the historical Buddha has lived and uh, the whole culture. So how does your faith intermingle with your fascination with this astronomy? Uh, some of my teachers call Buddhism and um, uh, engaged realism. It's very much about mind. It's very much about the law of cause and effect, which they call karma. Karma means action, and every action has a result. And uh, all these seeds that I planted, some of them knowingly, some of them unknowingly over the years to try to uh, pursue things that inspire me are bearing fruit now. Um, and it's very much an, an internal but also an external um, spiritual science because I view this a lot more a science than um, a religion. It, there are teachings how to view mind and mind is merely clear and knowing. It's kind of like the universe which is merely clear and knowing. So also the concept of emptiness in Buddhism and uh, uh, the universe seems to be empty but it's not. So it's open to interpretation, how we project our own views on objects. And it's an incredibly curious journey about uh, um, knowledge, discovering knowledge. And um, uh, Frank Herbert, who wrote Dune, The Desert Planet, I think he, he said, uh, uh, the universe is always one step beyond logic. So whatever you discover today, there's 10 more new questions uh, that are uh, being raised by a new discovery. So this will be my first time. It's my first time in Zion. 
and it's my first time taking a stargazing experience. Awesome. Um, what should I keep in mind throughout the evening? Just be open-minded. Try to take it in, you know. You'll be immersed once the sun, sun is setting right now, once the stars come out. It's up to you, you know, how you experience it. Every person has a different connection, but um, we want to make everybody feel home and comfortable, uh, come as guests and leave as friends. Excellent. And is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? No, um, I don't think I don't think so. If it's, folks want to learn more about coming to Zion and stargazing, yeah, and you, how would they do that? Come take one of our tours. Um, people always email about telescopes. You know, how can I continue on this journey? Local astronomy club. Um, how to become stargazers on your own. There's lots of resources and. We are always very willing to help out with questions. We're right now. We do we do special events now. Uh, one is May the Fourth. Be with you. It's a play on words. You know, May the Fourth is the anniversary of the Star Wars nerds, and uh, May 15 will be a total lunar eclipse here in the United States. So we'll have a special lunar eclipse event. There's always something going on. That's the great thing about astronomy things happen with predictable regularity it's not all of a sudden oh my god i didn't know about this there are some things that can happen like a supernova if a supernova were to happen in our galaxy tomorrow this will be in the news for months the last time this happened was in 1604 and johannes kepler mm -hmm. observed it and it's called kepler's uh, supernova um we're due for one so okay and I just had a question. Um, where do you see this in five years? The vision is to have an outdoor planetarium. That would be cool. Okay. That would be cool. And I haven't told Hannah and Adam about my vision yet, but your secret's safe with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Until but that would be podcast. cool if we could do like, you know. A bigger venue here. Um, we're hiring guides because uh, you know I can't do a tour every night, and, and we want to offer like mini stargazing tours to um, hotels and similar in the area where our astronomy guides, which are astronomers, this is our requirement. We want to hire people that have the scientific knowledge and background. Because talking about the stars is one thing, but then explaining how things work in the universe is another thing. And that's even the cooler part. And here's the question that I forgot. Yeah. If you could change one thing about the night sky, what would it be? I would ask people to just shield their lights or turn off the lights when they don't use it. That would have a tremendous, amazing effect on sky glow and light pollution across the whole planet. And people could stargaze and see the Milky Way from their backyard. They don't have to come here. Maybe it would put us out of business. Probably not. 
because it's an amazing location here. Uh, but if people would turn off their lights, have proper light shielding, and see this amazing beauty of the night sky, maybe some of our attitude on how we affect our planet with our daily actions would change. I think that's a great closing statement. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome, Stephen. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Now let's go check out some stars. Okay. <laughs>